Mama said, don't give up, it's a little complicated. They say it's all been done, but they haven't seen the best of me. So I got one more run, and it's gonna be a sight to say. morning. Welcome to RCC at RHS. My name is Mike and I'm one of the pastors at RCC. I'm super happy that you're here this morning. I hope that you will agree by the time that we're done. On your way in, uh, maybe someone tried to hand you a potato. Uh, raise your hand if you got a potato. When I was out in the hallway, I, I saw a whole bunch of people like, eh, I don't want a potato. So... I don't know why potatoes are scary. They, nothing needs to be scary at RCC. So if you didn't want one, there's a whole bucket of them up here. And at the end of the service, it'll all make sense. And if at the end of the service you decide, oh, I wish I would have took a potato, absolutely fine. You can come up and get one at the end, and then you'll know exactly what you should do with it as you leave. We've been in a series that we've called How since the beginning of the year here at the high school. And throughout the series, we've been talking straight from the Bible, just very straightforward messages, how God tells us to do different things. The first thing we talked about was how from Scripture can we know God's will. We talked about how to know that we're forgiven by God. We've talked about how to pray. We've talked about how to deal with failure. And we've talked about how to do relationships right. If any of those are interesting to you, you can catch those all at the church website or online at YouTube. But these five topics all lead up to our topic for today. Knowing God's will, getting forgiven by God, dealing with failure, and and even most importantly, doing relationships right, are all tied to today's topic, how to forgive others. But even better for this week, we won't just talk about how to forgive, but we're also going to talk about when you should, why you should, how often you should forgive, and we're even going to talk about what you get out of forgiving other people. So let's get started. I'm going to begin with um, the option. I've got um, good news and bad news and good news to share. What do you want first? What do you want first? Okay, good. We'll do good. Thanks. How about we'll do good and then we'll put bad in the middle and then we'll wrap up with some more good. Is that okay? Okay, so here's a, here's a quick summary of the good news, bad news, and good news. The first good news is this, God forgives us. The bad news is we must forgive others, and then the good news is we benefit from it. Let me explain. God forgives us. A couple, two, three weeks ago, whatever it was, I talked about from the Bible how God forgives us, and I shared this verse from 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's really straightforward. I know that you can feel different about those things. You can maybe say, well, I do this one thing many, many times, and I don't know if God can keep forgiving the same thing. Or you you say, well, I've done this thing that's so bad God won't forgive it. This covers all those possible objections you might have. The Bible says when you screw up, if you confess it to God, he forgives you. You might feel funky about it. You might feel like, oh, I've done this thing 20 times or a million times or whatever. How can he keep forgiving me? I don't really know. All I know is he promises that he will. So that whole sermon, that's from a couple, two, three weeks ago. That's all online. If you want to know more about how and why God forgives you, go ahead and listen to that. So now for the not-so-pleasant news, the bad news. Maybe it's bad. We'll see. We must forgive others. I know you might not want to hear that this morning. 
I know that there's probably things that have happened in your life that are really super hard to forgive. So when I say we must forgive others, you might already be shutting down. You might be thinking, you know what, uh, I'm out, I'm going to daydream for the rest of the sermon. I'm begging you not to. J- just give me the next 15 minutes and just, just think about it, give it a shot. Because God gives some very straightforward instructions about this as well. Here it is in Colossians. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Honestly, there's a couple words in there that I don't really like. The first is remember. It's like no kidding, right? Like remember. When you tell someone, remember, you've already told them it a hundred times. Remember, I've told you. This is what he's saying. So it's, this is like basic training that I don't necessarily want to hear again, and I'm being reminded of. So it's a little bit difficult when he says remember. But then he says must twice. Ouch. There's, there's no room for play there. Must, must. There's not like most of the time or you probably should or it'd be a good idea. It's just must. You must do this. And, and I know you might be bristling at this already, so I'll just go ahead and say it. It gets even tougher. Jesus takes it up a notch from here. Listen to what Jesus says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's not good. We must forgive to be forgiven. That's what he's saying. But it can be so tough to forgive other people, right? You might be thinking of others right now. It can be so tough. That's because forgiveness, it's not really a feeling. It's an action. And it can be one of the toughest actions you're ever going to have to take. This guy, Randall Worley, he said, forgiveness is not an emotion, it's a decision. So it's tough. It's tough to make the decision. It's even tougher to take the action because often at the core of our struggle to forgive other people is judgment. It's in us. We're human. It's in us. And it stinks because judgment, I think, just comes so naturally so often. You know, other people screw up and it just puts us on high alert. We're, in, we're instantly curious. Like, oh, what did they do? Let's see. Hey, tell your friend. They want to come look too. I saw it. Did you see? I saw, I saw it too. Look. Look at what they're doing. It's like reality TV. Why is it popular? We just want to look at what other people are doing wrong. It's fun to watch them screw up, but for us... We just want to hide. We don't want to talk about our own. But there's something in us that takes some sort of amusement from other people's failures. Maybe because we get to think, well, they're worse than me. I can feel a little better about myself if someone else is making bigger mistakes than me. I'm not really sure. But we just do it. It's part of being human. We, we, we actually constantly make judgments all throughout every single day. And, and some judgments are okay, and some not so okay. Uh, I think the Packers hired the right coach. I'm pretty excited about it. That's a judgment. That's okay. I might be right. I might be wrong. Or I love pie. That's a judgment. Maybe you don't. So what? It's not a big deal. I think a certain movie stinks and you love it. Doesn't really matter. Red's not my color. That's a judgment. We make them all day long. And there's not a a lot of problem with making most of those sorts of judgments in life. Calling Whitney Houston the best female singer in all of history... That's a judgment, right? God's okay with it. God doesn't mind me thinking that. You seem kind of hesitant out there, though. <laughs> all right, ra- raise your hand. Is Whitney Houston the best female singer in all of history? 
There's so many lights. Hold on. Oh, that's, raise them up if you believe it. That's, that's not, oh my gosh, okay. You know, there's this other church somewhere. I think it's called like St. Pete's or Joe's. Or, you might want to go there. I'm going to give you one last shot to stay at RCC. Here it is. I'm about to play just one minute. Just one, it's not the whole song. I don't think you need the whole song. I'm just, I'm just going to play one minute of a Whitney Houston song. And what I want you to do, you can just close your eyes and relax. It's only a minute. And you just listen. And then afterwards, we'll vote again and see if Whitney Houston's the best female singer of all time. Play it. Now, Whitney Houston, the best female singer of all time? Okay, I've converted a few. You all are so lucky you're not in my car with me right now because you've got to sing along to that. She's amazing. And if you're not digging it, I just hate to tell you this right now. It's not in the Bible, but it's a strong opinion of mine. I think she's on one of the worship teams in heaven, right? Like, I, I'm no Whitney Houston expert. I've read somewhere that she believed in God and believed in Jesus. And, and, and so Whitney, if she's in heaven... There's no way God's letting that talent go wasted, okay? So you're going to hear it again someday. There's nothing wrong with me thinking that. That's a judgment. I like Whitney Houston. I think she's awesome. You can have your favorite too. And we can have fun joking about it. But when it comes to other people, and, and Christian people, you should be listening to this. When it comes to other people, especially judging their sins, God says watch out. Listen to this warning from God. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. However, forgive others, and you will be forgiven. So there it is again. Do you see this link between forgiveness and judgment? They're intimately connected. So how about judgment? Do you sometimes struggle to forgive and judge instead? Honestly, when I first became a Christian in my early 20s, it's something I struggled with a lot. I thought I knew everything about everything, and I knew what everyone was doing right and everyone was doing wrong, and, and I struggled with it a lot. I judged too much. And, you know, I started to mature as a Christian person and started to understand the Bible a little more, and, and you know, I, I, I think I got less judgmental and more forgiving with maturity. Well, then, you know, 10 years later or whatever, I began a career in ministry. Yikes. You would think like, oh, career in ministry, now you're going to be super judgy, right? That's what most people think of those who work at churches, any kind of church. People who work at churches, they're all religious and judgy and stuff. But it was actually the opposite. For me, it became easier not to judge people 
once I knew a bit more. You see, I was trying to hold myself now to a higher standard. I mean, I was always trying to be a good guy and trying to learn and grow and, you know, follow Jesus well. But when you start to work at a church, it kind of cranks it up a notch. And you got to look at yourself and say, listen, if I'm going to be talking about this stuff on Sunday morning, i got to be living it. So I started to hold myself even to a higher standard than I had before. And by trying to hold myself to a higher standard, it became easier not to judge others because I realized more and more how much I had to be forgiven of. I just kept seeing ways I was screwing up. I didn't have time to judge other people. I'm just working on me. So it's actually been easier being involved at a church, not to judge. You see, the first step to being a good forgiver is being a good non-judger. Instead, just, just focus on you. Just focus on yourself. And there's this trick that I've used. It's helped me for many years. I've shared it before. I'll share it again today. When sometimes I catch myself judging someone, I think, who am I to judge? And then I just let some of my own mistakes or shortcomings come to my mind. I just say it out loud, actually. I recommend this to you. Say it out loud. Who am I to judge? Whenever you're looking at something or someone's doing or whatever, it's not you. It's not your life. Just say to yourself, who am I to judge? It really helps. And there's a particular verse that inspired me. It's Matthew 7.1. It says, stop judging others and you will not be judged. It really helped me. In our, in our family, when the kids were little, we had two little boys and little boys are always interested in what the other little boy is doing, right? Maybe girls are like that too. I don't know. But they're always so very concerned about how their brother is screwing up. And they're so quick to talk about how their brother's screwing up. So something that, that just came out of my mouth a lot at our house was, just worry about yourself. Right? Like junior number one would be saying something about junior number two. I'm like, just worry about yourself. The thing is, God figured that out a few thousand years before me. That's what God says to us, his children. Just worry about yourself and you won't be judged. So don't judge. God says forgive. But it's tough, right? Because we're bombarded daily by people that we must forgive. Family, friends, coworkers, they're all around us. We got to forgive our children, our parents. We got to forgive. And we have to forgive the people that we're closest to probably the most. And so the question becomes, well, how much? Come on, God, how much do I have to forgive him of that? They do it constantly. Do I got to keep forgiving? Someone asked Jesus. Here it is in Matthew. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. That's kind of a biblical way of saying infinitely. 70 times seven means infinitely. You just keep forgiving, Peter. That's what Jesus says. You just keep it up. doesn't matter how much. You just keep it up. And that's true, isn't it? Janet and I have been married a very long time. She, I think, has to forgive me every single morning. So 365 days a year for 20-some years. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. She is a morning person. One of my nicknames for her for years has been Morning Girl. Because she wakes up and she's ready to go. I'm not. She wants to talk. I don't. And I'm not like, I'm not super mean about it. It's not like I'm screaming at her and stuff. But please don't talk to me. And then worse yet, she's like a question machine. Question, 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 question. I don't want any questions. 10 o'clock for questions. So every morning, she's had to put up with this for years. I know she'd prefer I was some other way. 
I try, but I just can't. I just, I'm not a morning person. And so she's had to forgive me day after day, year after year. And I'm shocked by it because on the other side, sometimes I've got to forgive her. I'm shocked that, that for such a morning girl who just is wide awake, ready to go, if we get in the car and drive anywhere, she's out like a light. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's like someone shot her with a blow dart from the back seat. <laughs> she's just out. We're not even to the highway yet, and she's out, and it drives me. Like, I swerve the car to wake her up. If you ever see a black pickup truck swerving down the road, I stay in my lane, but I keep her awake the best I can. It, it ticks me off a little bit. We got this, like, three-hour drive, and I got to drive and think and navigate and the whole thing, and you're just going to sleep? Come on, wake up, morning girl. And so I, I've just got to forgive it, right? So we forgive, and we keep forgiving. And then, says the Bible, God will keep forgiving you and me. We're never more like God than, we ex- than when we extend forgiveness to someone else. Fully and freely to someone else who's sinned against us, who's hurt us, even if they don't deserve it. They might not deserve your forgiveness. That is true. They don't deserve it. But you're giving it to them like a gift. Are you still holding your potato? We're going to get to it. It's coming. Hopefully you didn't lose it yet. Hold that potato and look at that potato and think, who do I need to forgive? That potato is your reminder. Who do I need to forgive? And some of you, you look at that potato and right away, you know of someone that just is so difficult to forgive. They've hurt you and they're impossible so far to forgive. Well, let me say this. When trying to forgive other people, particular things can happen in our lives that are just humanly may be impossible to forgive. Just terrible things that hurt, they're tough, they're not fair, they're not just. And things like that, things that hurt, they just hurt. They just hurt, that's real, the hurt is real. And the best advice I can give you is this. I've gotten to talk to lots and lots of people over the years. I've seen lots of people go through lots of things. And the best advice I can give you when trying to forgive someone that really doesn't deserve your forgiveness is this. You, You probably can't do it on your own. It's too hard. I think the way that you can do that is by asking God to help you. I think that's the only power that you have. When you come up against things in life that are just impossible for you, I think your only hope is to ask God to help. And I believe that's true with forgiveness. I think you have to go to God and say, listen, God, I know you want me to forgive. I know you tell me I must forgive, but I can't. Look what they've done to me. And God hates injustice too. God hates that they've hurt you too. He's with you. He loves you like his child. So when you can't do this on your own, God will help. He's a just God. And he understands injustice is hard for you. But as God forgives us, he helps us forgive other people. God has given us the strength to forgive by forgiving us. So here's how I see this personally. If God can forgive me, then I can forgive them. That's what I say to myself. If God can forgive me, and I don't deserve it, I can forgive them. But there's an important distinction here, though. It doesn't mean that you become best friends with that person again. It doesn't mean that you rekindle the relationship or, you know, whatever. Or or even that they even regain your trust. Maybe they don't. And that's okay. That might be too much of a risk. 
But you can forgive them. You can let go of the anger that you have against them. So we have this good news that God forgives us. And then we have this tough news that we're expected to forgive others. I promised that I would end with some good news. Here it is. We're the ones that actually benefit by forgiving someone else. When you forgive someone else that even doesn't deserve it, they haven't earned it, you're the one who benefits. There's this story in the book of Genesis. It's in, um, I believe, chapter 27 to maybe chapter 33. And, and there's these two people that are kind of big-time people in the Old Testament, Isaac and Rebekah. And, and they have two children, Esau and Jacob. And back in those days, it was a really big deal for the oldest son to kind of take on the father's leadership in the family. That's just how things happened back then. As the father got older, the oldest son kind of assumed the mantle of family leadership and responsibility in wealth, in land, in everything. It would go to the oldest son. Esau was the oldest son. Jacob was the younger brother. But it's a long story. You should read it. Go look up Genesis chapter 27. Read it this afternoon. There's no Packer game. I don't know what you're going to do without that. So you could go to a basketball game. Maybe that would be second choice. After the basketball game, go read, go read Genesis 27. So these two sons are kind of vying for their father's love. And the younger son, Jacob, in a couple of different ways, tricks the older son out of his inheritance, out of his father's blessing, and, and steals it all from him. And now the older son is just heartbroken and angry that his younger brother has robbed him of his future and his wealth and his power. He's taken everything from him. So this older son goes to the father and begs him, don't you have something for me? Don't you have something? have anything left for me? You're firstborn. Do you have anything left? And, and here's what the father says to him. The father says, you will serve your brother for a time, but then you will shake loose from him and be free. I'm guessing when, when the father told that to the older son, he didn't know what he was talking about. What? That doesn't sound good. How's that my blessing, right? Well, the story moves on. The, the young son uh, runs off uh, afraid of the older one, like he's going to kill him. So he leaves, older son's left. Eventually, though, years later, younger son has to come back. And he needs the older son, the one he, he slighted, he needs him to accept him, but he's thinking he's going to kill me. Everyone's been telling him he's going to kill me for years. And now I've got to come back. So he comes back with his family in tow and all of their stuff, and, and he's, he's going to try to negotiate his way back into the, the good graces of his brother so he doesn't get killed. And he's ready to give him gifts and everything. And he, he comes up to his older brother, and his older brother just comes and hugs him and forgives him. And then it all made sense. This yoke, in one translation it says yoke, this weight of, of anger and hurt and injustice that the, that the older one had been carrying for all those years, that weight was let go through forgiveness. The, the younger son was no longer a burden to him. It didn't weigh on him. He was free. He shook loose of all that through forgiveness. And his father knew that that could happen someday. But the older son still had to do it. And when he did it, he was blessed. And he was free of all of it. I want you to be free too. It's not good to live with anger. It's not good to live with a grudge towards another person. When you refuse to forgive someone else, it doesn't hurt them at all. 
They're not out there pining away wishing for your forgiveness. They're out partying it up. And you're at home angry and hurt. You're the only one hurting. It just hurts you. And God, as your loving Father, doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want you to live that way. That's why he says you must forgive, because it's actually good for you. It's a task, it's, a, it's an action, it's a decision you have to make, but it's one that's good for you. And your loving Father knows it's good for you. That's why he says you have to do it. There was this teacher who was trying to teach this to her students. And so she told them to go home and get a clear plastic bag and bring it to school with them the next day, as well as a bag of potatoes. So the kids went home, they came back the next day, they had a clear plastic bag, and they had a bag of potatoes. And the teacher sat them down, and she said, I want you to think of people that you have a grudge against, someone that's hurt you, someone that you can't forgive, and what I want you to do now, you should be looking at your potatoes, what I want you to do, she said to the students, is I want you to write their names on those potatoes. And then take each of those potatoes, each of those people, and put them in that plastic bag. And eventually the kids had sacks, plastic bags, full of potatoes with names on of, of these people that they had a grudge against, of these people that hurt them. And then the teacher said this, I want you to carry that bag with you everywhere. Wherever you go, take your sack of potatoes. Put it beside your bed at night, put it on your desk at school, put it in your car seat next to you as you go home. Take it everywhere. And the poor students, by, by lugging this sack of potatoes around, paying all this attention to it, remembering to keep it all the time, uh, worrying that they weren't going to put it in some embarrassing place that other people were going to see, all of that, all this time with the potatoes, it just started becoming weighty in their life. It was this heavy burden, moldy and smelly. And eventually the kids began to reek of the potatoes as well. They couldn't get away from the smell. They were burdened with it. Oftentimes we think of forgiveness as a gift to the other person. It's a gift to yourself. Don't be burdened with it. It's a gift to yourself. And God knows it's so good for you. He tells you you must do it to be able to let it go. So, who's still got a potato? Hold them up. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to suggest. You can come get one, you know, on your way out today. But here's what I'm going to suggest. On your way out, whoever that potato is for you, whatever that thing that you've not been able to forgive is, I'm going to ask you to forgive it today. There's trash cans on the way out. You can take the potato, and you can drop it in the trash can as, as a reflection of the forgiveness that's in your heart. Or you can take it home with you. I hope you'll throw it in the trash can, though, because only you can do it. It's the action that you have to take, and you have the power to do it. You can decide. It's all about you. If you don't want it, don't bear the burden. Let it go. You know, we've got some values here at church. Just a few. If you're, if you're new to church, you can check them out at the website. One of the values is treating people like Jesus treats people. And one of the ways we do that is by offering forgiveness, not judgment. You see, Jesus is central to everything we do here at RCC. And hopefully in our individual lives when we leave as well, all throughout the week. We always talk about we want to be more than just fans of Jesus. Like, oh, Jesus is great, such a great guy. Yes, he is. We actually, though, want to be followers of Jesus and try to do what he tells us to do. If you're new to RCC, there's, there's a verse, the Bible verse that explains this better than me. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, 
forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So as you look at that potato in your hand, think about who it is. And I'm going to pray right now that you're able to let it go once and for all. You can just let it go. It doesn't mean they didn't hurt you. It doesn't minimize what they've done. It just means you're not going to hold on to it anymore. You're done with it. You're letting it go. You may never be friends again. You may never uh, trust that person again. That, that's all fine. But you're not going to dwell on it anymore. You're going to throw that out. So that's what I'm going to pray for. There'll be trash cans on your way out to drop those potatoes in. If you would like that prayer, what my prayer is going to be is that God would give you the strength to forgive others. The strength that he has, you could tap into that strength and you could forgive like he does. If you would like that blessing, bow your heads and I'll ask God to bless you that way right now. Dear Lord, we see in Scripture that you are great at forgiving. But it's hard for us, God. There's some things that happen that are just very, very difficult to forgive. So Lord, what I ask right now for each of us is wherever we're struggling to forgive, whatever things that have gone on in our life that are the most difficult, God, we ask for your power. We ask that you would step in and give us the strength to forgive as you do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.